Welcome to this episode of Woman to Woman podcast series. Our guest today is Tina Lifford. She is an actress who starred opposite Hollywood greats including Clint Eastwood, Jennifer Lopez, and Bruce Willis. She recently finished shooting the final season of the critically acclaimed television series Queen Sugar, also the award-winning author of The Little Book of Big Lies: A Journey into the Inner Fitness. She is a visionary thought leader in the field of inner fitness. She brings deep wisdom, personal experience, and respect for the human condition that allows us to engage people in the process of internal transformation healing and resilience building hi tina welcome to the woman to woman podcast show so excited to have you with us here today uh divya it's so nice to be here so thank you for having me absolutely we talked a little bit about you know your ambitions growing up as a child so let's start there you were a pretty talented kid you had very strong plans for the future so what were those plans and how did it all come about and did you actually follow that path what happened yeah yeah great questions um you know i grew up back east and back east uh drama was an elective it was it was a, a course that everyone took during their you know maturation process through the school and every time that i was in a drama class i felt like i was in my happy place and it was a place where not only did i feel good but the response that i got from other people made me feel even more like there was something here that was right for me very early on i knew i wanted to be an actress i would say that i knew i wanted to be an actress probably in the second grade as funny as that sounds then in the fifth grade you know i was um part of a, the student talent show it's not that i was a you know wildly popular kid but i was respected and you know people liked me and they they thought i could do anything and i cuz i shined in gymnast in in my gymnast class etc and then i got on the stage and i froze i froze so completely that literally you could you could have thought i was a petrified tree and after moments what seemed like an, an eternity of the pinness trying to help me find my way because i was singing my teacher came to the center stage picked me up like a little cardboard character and carried me off the stage there was so much shame there was so much embarrassment and just overwhelm just a ton of cortisol and, and and feelings flushing through me and that moment changed my life right that moment changed my life it didn't keep me from my desire to be an actress and i actually the way you know overwhelm can happen i actually didn't even know the degree to which it had impacted me until i was in my 20s and then in my 20s as i'm pursuing my career as an actress all of a sudden i started um in one audition something got triggered and i went through a very long time of auditioning being an incredibly overwhelming nervous insecure process now that was what was going on on the inside i was able to with will manage the outside but i did not like what i would feel when an audition came in 
in and my hand would literally start to shake. And I would find myself embroiled in just all of these scenarios of failure and so on and so forth. And it made me say to myself, okay, I'm not going to give my dream up. So I've got to figure this out. But that's incredible. Like just thinking it through, right? Like in fifth grade, you're really young, like 10, 11, something this drastic happens, right? Like you have this whole plan laid out in front of you and you freeze. Even for a minute, did you have any self-doubt to say, hey, maybe this is not where I want to be or this is not for me? Like what kept you going? Like you actually conquered all of that and still kept going. You persevered. What was that motivation for you to keep going? Well, uh, two things. First, I want to make sure that, that we are clear. Yes, I kept going, but I was for years going with the experience of internal torture. <laughs> So let's just be clear about that, okay? And why would I pursue something that created such dis-ease? That's the question. And I, the answer is, um, I knew I wanted to be an actress. I knew it, right? I can't tell you why my nervous system couldn't like rub that desire out. I came here to be an actress. And I think, you know, I mean, I can intellectualize it now, but I do believe that we we are born with a soul's knowledge. And if that is true, and if our essence remembers things, then I think that my soul needed me to move through this. And so I kept pursuing it because it was what I was really good at. And it was my happy place. And the auditions were the problem. The jobs weren't, you see? So if I could just manage through the auditions, it all evaporated when it came to the job. Or, so for a long time, I was sort of like in this, you know, um, inconvenient understanding of myself. I'm going to have this overwhelm. It's going to be horrible. As soon as I walk out of the audition room, it's going to totally dissipate. And then if I get the job, I won't have to go through it. But we're so glad you stuck to it. You're an amazing actress and we're so glad we got to watch you. So you've done this for more than 30 years. A lot of successes. So congratulations first of all. It's so exciting to have accomplished something of this magnitude. One of the questions I would have is, you know, it is a tough gig. It's a tough world, especially being in entertainment industry. It's not easy. What kept you rooted? You know, I was, people referred to me as an old soul when I was very young, right? In the beginning, I didn't know what that meant, but older people would often say she's, she's an old soul. And my belief about life is that this isn't a random thing that we're in. I believe that that life is going somewhere. Life life itself is evolving. And I really believe that each one of us, we come here and we have this playground that we get to have fun on, meaning your career or your family or whatever it is. That's the playground that keeps us busy. While life and evolution continues to wire this extraordinary, limitless thing called us, and that some people are more connected to that idea so that they can work consciously with such an effort. I'm one of those people. I believe that that I get to be on the playground. And if I challenge the survival behavior that has helped the species, and I don't want to get, you know, woo-woo here, but evolution has happened because in each iteration, the nervous system is doing something different, right? Yep. And so what if, as we become more aware of how the nervous 
system works and how it wires us to behave. What if we can start being more conscious about our automatic habitual survival uh, reactions, work with them consciously, and then something more constructive gets to evolve from that effort? That's the game I'm playing. And and so, you know, whether whatever playground you put me on, the complications, the turmoil, the disappointments, the upsets are going to be used for me to be more conscious and less defined by that stuff and more informed by the opportunity to be conscious and do it maybe just a hair differently than I did when I was more reactive. That's a beautiful concept. It's amazing how you put it. One other thing you had talked about, right, in our last conversation was this whole concept of um, inner fitness. It was such an interesting concept and so relevant. And I think it's more relevant now than ever before after we've gone through COVID. COVID, I think there's so much more focus on it, the whole mindfulness, self-care. You came up with this concept way back when. So can you talk a little bit about that uh, for our listeners? Because I think there's just so much immense value in that whole concept and how you look at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. You know, um, it really, thank you for the opportunity to talk about inner fitness because in a way I've been talking about inner fitness since we started talking because the, you asked what could keep me going through such an overwhelm, you know, the kind of overwhelm that I experienced on that stage, and then the kind of overwhelm that I experienced for years in auditions. Um, again, I believe that we all have purpose, that we all matter. And oh, by the way, me trying to figure out how to show up in my body and not be taken out by the feelings of overwhelm, not lose my dreams to this emotional, you know, volcano. Me trying to figure that out so that I could live my dream gave me an even larger dream because it was that effort. And I didn't have books to go to, to read how to figure it out. I literally, I had to discover and ask and learn mindfulness before those things became popular. And spending that kind of intentional time with myself transformed my life. And so now Inner Fitness and what we do at the Inner Fitness Project is we intentionally use the principles behind life and the understanding, the growing understanding of neuroscience and all of that to intentionally work with ourselves so that we can thrive. And the difference between or the distinction between what we do at the Inner Fitness Project and what happens in therapy is I see inner fitness as a proactive and preemptive way for us all to take care of ourselves. And if you were to use the analogy of, you know, having a broken leg, if you have a broken leg, you must go to the doctor and let the doctors, you know, the professionals set your leg and prescribe the meds and all of that. But once that leg is set, then you can go to your personal trainer so that you can strengthen where that break was. You can support 
all of the muscles and everything that surround the break. And if you had been into, or if you were into, you know, physical workouts before you broke your leg, then you probably are stronger and heal faster from a break. And inner fitness is the same. You know, if we give our inner self, that means our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, actions, and re if we work with them, if we see them, see how they are impacting our lives, we get to um, work intentionally so that we can thrive more than survive. You also mentioned something earlier, success and happiness, they're not equitable. You know, happiness does not mean success, vice versa, success does not guarantee happiness. So how do you look at that? Yeah, yeah. So success has a set of skill set. You know, there's a skill set that goes with success. And our country for sure and world in general is very sort of versed at the success skill set, the performance skill set, the even the manifestation skill set. Create a vision in your mind, you network, you there's just a, a bunch of skills that are taught that help you perform better in the world. Those skills don't help you be more of yourself. They don't help you feel and resolve the inner um, challenges that you have. They they give you tools to override, not, not overcome, but to mask and to push through and to ignore inner fitness uh, and the skills that go with that help you to actually build the kind of relationship with yourself that equals happiness. And so success and happiness, they are two different skill sets and, and there is an area of overlap. You know, you must envision your world success in order to get to it. And you must envision the idea of you feeling better, experiencing yourself with greater uh, appreciation and confidence. It takes a vision in order for us to dare to stay with our lives to the end. So now looking back, knowing everything you know, for somebody who's starting new in this path, right, who really wants to be an artist, whether it's actress, musician, what would you tell them? What should they focus on? How should they keep themselves grounded? And despite early failures, how should they keep going? Like, what's that mindset they should embrace? Yeah, you know, in both the the performance world, meaning professional development world, as well as the internal development, it is incredibly important to have a why, right? To understand why you were doing what you're doing and to investigate what your end result, what, what is the intention that you uh, are following? Meaning, a lot of people get into the entertainment business because of a wound, you know, because they need to be seen, because they need to be elevated, which means that their career is really a way of them uh, managing internal pain that they haven't resolved, right? If your wounds, your insecurities are choosing for you, you will still have the work at the end of resolving those insecurities because until they are resolved, they will lead you through your life, you know, by the nose. And you might wind up doing the thing you want to do while not being and feeling how you want to feel. So, um, you know, we are complex, beautiful, wonderful creatures, but our challenges and our needs are always talking to us. So I say, listen to yourself. And one of the best 
best ways to listen to yourself is to get a journal and to freeform write in it and to notice inside of yourself the areas that you back away from, that you circumvent, that you run from. Because if you're running now, until you do something to dismantle the issue, you're going to be running, even if you're now running with a great reputation and running with a big bank account and running with, you know, a family. If you don't resolve the interior upset, that is energy that is just living there using the slightest little external cause to activate and create the kind of internal discomfort that we all know. And the reason is that while you think life is, while we think life is about this career over here, life is really about being able to be part of the evolution of the nervous system and our being able to work with our nervous system better so that it can inform us as opposed to terrify us, right? It's, it is a great way to sort of make the choices that you make in your life. I say you can you can choose whatever playing field you want. And when it gets hard, make sure just ask yourself, are you running because it's hard? Are you running because you're afraid? Are you running because you've changed your mind? Each one of the reasons that you do what you do has a it trails you. It's going to be there when you try to move on or you move in to, you know, another iteration of the dream or the choice. So do you want to take with you the fear that you're running from? If you don't, then to begin to work, you know, do inner fitness work. We, we do it at the Inner Fitness Project. There's lots of ways that you can do inner fitness work, but energy in motion stays in motion until an equal and opposite event changes it. We're not just going to wake up and the things that disturb us be gone. We have to change the energy behind it. We have to impact our thinking so that it is disrupted enough for a new pattern to evolve. Well put. It's like that same logic, right? If you keep doing things the same way, expect the same results. You have to do something different. So yes, and, and, Divya, and, and, and it's really important to, to see that, you know, we're so used to looking at doing from the physical body, right? Like we do something, our hands do something. You know, we, we get in a car and we go, but our thoughts and our feelings are things and they are doing things. And so we have to be aware that the doing is happening, not just at the physical level, our mind is doing. So we must be aware that the change of mind, the change of experience has to happen at the level of our minds and our feelings, our beliefs, our actions and reactions. So you have a book out there, Little Books of Big Lies. I love the title, by the way. It's like so catchy. <laughs> you know, it's a little book, but really big lies. Yes, yes. The Little Book of Big Lies. And, um, you know, that book was chosen by Forbes in 2001 uh, to be on its must-read list. And it continues to sell. And I am so thrilled by that because when I wrote the book, I wrote it literally with the 
intention of every single page adding value to the reader's life. Because when I was, you know, trying to figure out my happiness, when I was trying to figure out how, how it, it, it just boggled my mind that I could be so confident in these areas, areas over here and then over here experience this breakdown and, you know, insecurity. I didn't know how those two things could live together. And so the fact that they lived in me made me question and doubt, and am I authentic? And, you know, am, is this, is this confidence over here, imposter syndrome? And, and, and the work I have done to discover and work on my inner fitness, I put it all in the little book of big lies. So that, because I knew that what I was experiencing could not just belong to me. And I was hungry for sources and resources where I could go and get answers to this stuff. And I was able to, through spiritual books, through personal development, I was able to, you know, piece it together and therapy. I was able to find myself. But I believe that going forward in the world, that just like physical fitness is understood, inner fitness will be and needs to be understood. So we women worry a lot, right? We see this all the time. We don't really focus on self-care. We're so focused on family, the friends, everything comes before our own self. Happens a lot. Now, having seen so many women across different parts of your life, your career, what would be some of the things you would advise that we as women need to really focus on? To really bring our best self out, whether it's professionally, personally, what should we be focusing on? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. It's a fantastic question. One of the exercises that I would invite any woman that hears this to do is to get in the habit of asking whether or not the action that you are about to take services your wholeness, services your sense of self, or does it service how you want to be seen by others? We get caught playing roles. And in playing roles, we sort of deny that who we are is enough. And so there is this almost rejection of self in order to be okay for the world. But just in terms of physics, if you weaken the source of strength, then you don't have the strength necessary to give to the world. So there is great value in the put your put your, your oxygen mask on first. It is not selfish. It is actually self-expanding. Because if I can honestly, I mean, I'll share with you uh, one of my favorite stories about me and my older sister who is now dead. My, I called my sister and I asked for a favor and she said, okay. And I was like, oh, Marlene, thank you so much. Thank you so much for wanting to do this for me. She says, I don't want to do it. She says, it's inconvenient. It rips up my day, but I'm going to do it because you need it. That was just such a, I mean, that was luck, right? And that taught me to be conscious of when I do what I do, because if I'm honest with myself, then I can stay in alignment with myself. And when we're not honest with ourselves and we give ourselves away, then we wind up very weakened, you know, as our own source of strength while our energy is empowering others. That is such a great point. As you can see, I'm making my notes. I'm like, this is beautiful. <laughs> this has been such a great conversation, Tina. It's like such gems of advice. I can keep going, but any closing advice for our listeners? Yeah. Um, live your life like you matter. 
matter. Recognize in the little book of Big Lies, I talk about the surviving self, the thriving self, and the infinite self that live inside of us. And on YouTube, if you if you um, put in the search Tina Lifford Dream, I've turned that concept into a short five-minute film. And the point here is inside of us all the time lives a surviving self, a thriving self, and an infinite self. And we get to decide which self gets most of our attention. And right this moment, the science says, not through the surviving self, thriving self, infinite self language, but science tells us that 80% of our thinking is negative and 95% of our thinking is repetitive, which means people are unconsciously living out of survival. And that is an evolutionary thing. And if you want your life to be a life that you own, that you enjoy, that you wake up wanting to invest all you can in, that's called thriving. And what must you do to undermine and interrupt the evolutionary tendencies towards survival? Thank you so much. That was great. Really appreciate your time and all the great experiences and the nuggets of wisdom you shared with us today. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you, Divya. It's been, it's been fun. <laughs> Thank you.